the year. How do, what is what is the year? Two thousand? Two thousand one? How do we do this is it usually? Till ninety nine or are we are we in No, I got it. I got it. Okay. I, I know what I'll do. Okay. <laughs> the year is Wakanda forever. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is my marvelous year. Various cover. My Marvel Sea at the Comic Book Reading Club, where we go through the best of Marvel from its origins to today. I'm Zach, your comic book journeyman, and I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts today, Dave, who's constantly being asked by a secret government organization to just prove that he can uh, create new technology for them, not for them to use, but just uh, on a dare. And he keeps doing it. <laughs> um, well, well, we all know. Podcast. We all know I've never said no to a dare in my life. Um, yeah, I dare you to overthrow the uh, recent elections in Bolivia. I okay. dare you. Listen, Zach, I, I wish you hadn't said that, and I wish it hadn't <laughs> been recorded. Because I don't know that I feel good about that, but now I've been dared. I have to prove that I can do it. Uh, yeah, it's, very, it's very little. It's tough. <laughs> very few people know that the CIA's main tactic um, for overthrowing leftists. Is double dog dares. The CIA exactly. uses more double dog dares than mm-hmm. you would believe possible. Uh, <laughs> Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger, soldiers, the yep. biggest of the double dog dares. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The true double dog himself. Um, <laughs> and uh, in Charlotte, uh, also, Charlotte, uh, when you joined the podcast, you had one decision to make. And is that, are you going to be noble like Dave? Or are you going to take care of business? like me <laughs> and i never made the decision i i am the avatar i, I do <laughs> you, never made yep. you know what like that it feels like that could be an insult you know like like i reject the notion that zach is the cool killmonger but at the same time that feels right that feels right you know like i get to be t'challa and the legacy of of how things should work and Zach gets to be this destructive force that... All right, all right. We haven't gotten into the talk yet. I have to... I'm going to be editing all this out until... Well, this is the first movie. What are you talking I about? I know, but people talk? don't know. Okay, all right. They don't hey, know. Hey, talking... Listen, if you haven't seen Black Panther 1 and you're listening to this review of Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, congratulations on being the biggest lunatic on the planet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm I was very thinking... proud of you. Okay, well, for, first, let's just say we're talking Black Panther 2. This is going to be full on spoilers, so if you haven't watched it yet... Put this podcast on pause. Come back to it. I was thinking in the movie um, that there, <laughs> someone in the theater uh, behind us during the opening funeral sequence for T'Challa slash yeah. just for Chadwick Boseman. Um, <laughs> somebody in the theater behind us said, "He's dead," what? and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I I thought like, "Oh wow, this is." Like, of course, this has I mean, to happen, right? Someone who's going to walk into this movie not knowing, you know, like doesn't follow celebrity news whatsoever, which that's there's incredible. tons of people who don't, who would have no idea that Chadwick Boseman had passed. And then would walk into this being like, so where's T'Challa? And then being like, wow, that's strange. <laughs> they that's just decided to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like 
honestly, that, that's interesting just on the level of like this movie in like in in 20 years being watched by by teenagers then that like have no idea of the yeah like what happened mm-hmm. beha- yeah. between the yeah. two movies like watching those two movies back to back without knowing would be like a very weird experience and just watching what kind of forever without having the real world context like is is an interesting like qualif like way to 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 see the movie like is uh, is it does it uh, like is it less good if you yeah, overall you don't i liked the movie with, but i really didn't like the decision to write chadwick boseman out of it <laughs> um, <laughs> that, yeah. that upset me greatly no, i mean like, it is it, it is the movie weird, uh, weird watching experience it would absolutely i mean it's the movie most steeped in real world tragedy right in that yeah. sense, sure of course that. yeah it's but it, it's kind of a unique thing i mean it's a super unique thing and obviously it's tremendously tragic that chadwick boseman you know passed recently before they could do this movie but it's like death in the mcu can kind of be real in a way that we're not accustomed to in comics you know mm-hmm, because sure. like if yeah. if the black panther dies in the marvel universe in comics they're coming back t'challa's coming back they're not getting rid of that character he's a big deal mm-hmm. right yeah. sure he can be black panther for a while but t'challa's coming back we always know that um and you just can't do that the same way when it's a real person and it's real tragedy and i that is the thing that definitely stood out to me the most i mean that's incredible that somebody went into this not knowing i guess i hadn't even considered that perspective i didn't either I, I I think to your question he's dead yeah i mean unless that was like a joke which is very darkly funny um charlotte uh to your question of is it as good if you don't know that i think no way i mean no way because to me the yeah. thing that is the most incredible about this movie is it commits 110 percent to the grief of losing chadwick boseman and kind of the the gravity of of like how do we make a movie that honors that legacy and allows us to like move forward? But I mean, this is this is a tremendously sad movie. It is it is kind of all grief all the time. It starts with a memorial, it ends with a memorial. Um, I mean, in fact, exactly when you started saying that, and you're like, somebody said something. I was like, the fact that somebody talked during that. Oh my was god, we already actually, we had a terrible audience. I was yeah we were surrounded by like 14 year olds. There's a whole line of them, yeah. and they were like laughing and giggling through the opening thing and i was because uh-huh. they were just chit-chatting and it was driving me crazy yeah because um, this is a movie that that demands very sad moments yeah. of silence yeah. um yeah. and it's, it's a lot if you don't have an sadness. audience that respects that i would i would have been really mad as well uh fortunately mine was it was a pretty sparse theater and everybody was like just dead quiet um but yeah no i mean this is this is a sad movie it's 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 well made i i'm just gonna start here like i think it's the best marvel movie that's come out this year I think that's like a mildly low bar when you oh, actually yeah. look at it because <laughs> Love and Thunder, you both liked a lot more than I did. Certainly some critics think it's like the worst out there. I think it's just very middle of the road. And then Multiverse of Madness, I mean, certainly was more um, comic booky, right? And comic book action stuff that I liked. But Black Panther 2 is a better movie. Um, it has points, <laughs> it has potential messages, and it has a tremendous commitment to this grief. Uh, which is a you know a hard thing to stomach. Um, I was not bawling throughout the movie. I kind of wanted to be. I wanted it to get me there, uh, but that's maybe a personal problem. <laughs> My own emotional <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Real, uh, vulnerability. Real fans were crying, and uh... I, I bet a lot of folks were. And you know, mm-hmm. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. I saw <laughs> crying from jump, baby. Doesn't take much. Doesn't yeah, take much to get him to post a photo of him. He's crying. incredible. Um, 
it's i mean you know it's good like to be you know uh, i'm a man and it's fine for me to cry it's okay for me to emotion be emotional <laughs> you don't you don't have to post those pictures <laughs> those pictures are the most ridiculous sadness. way of trying to combat toxic masculinity <laughs> yes which yes. i guess i'm exhibiting right now um the yeah i don't know it's uh the movie it definitely i definitely liked it more than thor it's around multiverse of madness for me but it's um yeah it, it's i think it's <laughs> that's crazy to me but okay I, I don't i mean these are marvel movies like they're all pretty much you know Oh, three wow. and a half stars. Gets defensive immediately. I mean, Gets I don't I like, I agree I like that full multiverse of madness. I think what kind of Faro is miles ahead of that. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think you know, it, it's a very good Marvel movie. I, uh, I, I it's multiverse a question to me was. as well. I have a similar like, do I actually walking out of there? I was like, did I actually like this more than multiverse of madness? Um, and I think the answer is kind of no, but I know it's a much better movie. I guess in like I know it's. Because I don't like I just I don't, I don't know. Do you mean that because it's a more serious movie? Like that's the only thing the metric that I can think of. Like yeah, well, kinda. Just... But but I think it's yeah. I think it's very effective in its seriousness. I mean, I think it's it's not. You don't get to just sit back and. I mean, here's the thing. Like, like okay, we're starting with this. You know, Chadwick Boseman's passing, and the fact that Charles not in this movie. This movie was set up to be a flippin' celebration. Oh, yeah. Of Wakanda and the Black Panther. You know what I mean? The Marvel Universe Phase 4 was going to be Black Panther at the head of this thing, right? That's where Black Panther 1 ends, is him being like, we're here, I'm here, and like he's going to be the leader of the Avengers or whatever shape it takes. And then that obviously just gets thrown out the window with the real-world tragedy, and then they have to respond to that. So the fact that the movie's good and together at all is a small miracle. Oh, yeah, they, I've been you know, saying it's that not for, the like, story. years. Well, and the, but just the degree <laughs> that, of like... difficulty, like, we just have to emphasize the degree yeah. of difficulty on this thing is is incredible. But what is what is just a bummer, because it's the real world and it's a real-world loss, is, like, this movie probably could have been a huge celebration of Black Panther and of Wakanda, and now it's the complete opposite. And it's grief, and it's doubling down on grief, and uh, and that's you know that's just a harder pill to swallow, um, you know. I, I, I mean there's there are sad moments certainly in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, but they are usually, I mean I don't, it's like the buildup of of something that's been happening for a while as opposed to like this whole movie is that, you mm-hmm. know yeah. there aren't there and, aren't and a lot does, of kick you know, off your like, shoes and and enjoy it moments, um, even though there's stuff I like about the movie. Yeah, and there's very little there's very little jokes to this one, which is uh, so, like. Some of the least goofing around and jokes and undercutting, like tension. Which good, with good <clears throat> comedy for like most of it. Like I can't even think I, of really a joke besides just you know like a little bit of banter, but not like jokes. You know. Well, we do have okay. to address. We do have to give Okoye her her due for making sure that somebody in this movie made fun of a comic book costume design and name. Because we were so close to making it for a whole movie <laughs> without someone <laughs> shitting on a comic book artist's hard work, okay? The literal Midnight Angels Which... design from the Ta-Nehisi Coates run, okay? That, that to me, is way worse than making fun of the name, you but know? I, Aluma, what do you, like, like, they do that every movie. It's lame and it's tropey. Actually crapping on the design? Like, but it was, rooted in, it was rooted in, like, in character to me, like... Like Shuri loves the design. She created the design. Like I, I don't feel like 
as an audience, we're supposed to think that the movie is saying it's a bad design. Like, Okoye doesn't like it because she's rooted in tradition and like she has a very specific idea of what a Dora Milaje should be and look like. And so she, she really doesn't like it on that level. But I don't think like we're supposed to, to think the movie is saying, oh, it's a bad design and we should be making fun of it. Like, I don't know, to, to me, it works better on that level than most, uh, most of that kind of jokes uh, in, the, in the rest of the MCU. Everything you're saying makes perfect sense, and I refuse to hear it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I thought I thought that design was really good. Let's just talk about the costume designs real quick. The uh, what are they called? Blue Blue Angels? No, that's the Midnight Angels. Midnight, Midnight Angels. Angels. I haven't read these, you know, obviously this run. So um, I thought that was very cool. I, I've heard some mixed response on that, but I thought it was very neat. Um, yeah, I, I like really like yeah, really like the new Black Panther costume. Can I say same? I haven't seen a trailer or an image of this yet, like at all. So the moment you went the in costume... totally cold, on, totally on cold. So I, I mean, well potentially done. like Okoye could have become Black Panther <laughs> in this movie. I knew it was going to be Shuri. Like we can talk, we just... can talk about that. Yeah, we should. But I didn't, you know, know for sure who it was going to be. Um, yeah, so I had not seen the new costume. So the big reveal moment of the new costume where she falls out of the sky was very fun and very exciting for me because yeah. I had not seen it. Yeah. Uh, the only costume that I was a little bummed by is Ironheart's. Uh, did you guys feel that way? That like I was real excited Which about one? Ironheart's. Which one? Like her own suit. design or the Wakandan design? No, the one at first is fun, but you know it's not supposed to be like a fully fleshed out suit. It's just kind of her no. like prototype. But no, that that was fine. You know, it was what it was. But no, the new suit at the end. I I so... took it to be I took it to be a Wakandan version that is probably not gonna be the version we see again yeah um, yeah they take it away so i'm kind of hoping because i was like it kind of looks someone in the slack like did point out to me that um it does match the car uh you know it's like red cherry red and black and white it matches sure. the um, her car that doesn't make it like a cool costume though i really didn't like the, the yeah it looks very so weird and, and almost yeah. transformers-y like yeah, in a way that i I, I didn't love either like i i was too and, and too I don't know shiny and uh, and clean uh, mm-hmm. to me like yeah, in a way that Transformers that's, feel, that's a good point yeah. yeah very like it made me it remind me of Bumblebee but uh, in red mostly mm-hmm. uh, yeah I didn't love the costume but yeah it's fine it's if fine Shuri we... had just turned into an air or if um if Riri had just turned into an airplane though you'd all be singing a different tune <laughs> you'd all be singing a real different tune uh, yeah uh, that was that was not my favorite but all right let's 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 start at the start here um let's go through the movie all right in in scene our by our, scene scene by scene we're gonna do a beat by beat recap. <laughs> minutes by minutes Wait, we're gonna I... do one minute of the movie each week well hang on hang <laughs> on we... i i said how i felt i'm getting the sense that both of you charlotte you said it was miles ahead zach you said kind of equivalent charlotte did you it sounds like maybe you love this like how how high are you on i mean movie? yeah i i, I mean I was very meh on uh, on Doctor Strange, so it's kind of crazy to me that comparison. Like, I think that on many levels, Doctor Strange didn't work for me. Yeah. And uh, I don't I don't know what kind of it. Like, it's the story of the like a war between Wakanda and Tarokan, which is the the MCU version of uh, Atlantis, as led by Namor. Mm-hmm. And like the that central conflict worked so well for me and like that uh, relationship between uh, Namor and Shuri as the respective leaders of uh, Overkanda and uh, and Tarkan worked really really well and like you you feel the sense of her being torn between like 
having seen Talokan and seeing that she she doesn't want war, she doesn't want to destroy that culture. Mm-hmm. But then, like everything Nemo do- does, pushes it pushes her further and further into like being more violent and being more Killmonger-like, and like that expanding upon what the feelings she has after the death of her brother and feeling powerless. Like all of that is really, really well done, and the. I don't know the 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 acting performance of I mean I have my real life problems with uh, Letitia Wright but she right. can act I mean wow that she was incredible in this movie Angela Bassett as Queen Ramonda is incredible yeah. <laughs> in this movie yeah and uh, and Tenoqueta is a very very fun Nemo that I'm I'm very glad we'll see I mean I'm I'm hoping we'll see more of uh, by what we see uh, at the end Got of the movie so yeah I mean on 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 every of these levels like really really worked for me and so much so that the there are i think there are two main things that don't work for me and we can talk about them later because they're not like they're less the focus of the movie uh, but yeah overall like i really really enjoy this way more than i enjoy the like the vast majority of uh, of mcu movies yeah hmm. yeah but okay. you you seem to like it more than the first one which that is a little whoa for, <laughs> for real yeah i I don't got, know. Like, got, it's got to be recency bias. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, my instinct yeah. is to say I like it. I like them both as much. Maybe working forever more, but like that's right now after having seen it a few days ago. So I'm sure that will change. But I, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, w- I will end up having like this one more. I don't know, honestly. I rewatched the first like 25 minutes of the first one before this, and I obviously famously don't like to rewatch MCU stuff. It's so good. <laughs> like, yeah, it's really the good. First movie, it, and I have not, I have not watched it again since it came out. Okay, um, but I was just like thing after thing where I was reminded, like, oh yeah, this is why this explode, like this, and obviously the representation of just an all black nation being so so technologically evolved and powerful, you know. But it's just like it's a it's a remarkably well done movie. And again, that's the thing where it's like, man, what could have been. Um, but I think, given the cards were dealt here and the loss, I mean, yeah, like Letitia Wright is phenomenal as Shuri. I think every it's it's kind of amazing because if you look around the MCU and you know look at the Iron Man saga or whatever, and you were like, yeah, pull RDJ out of there and and ask that supporting cast <laughs> to step in and carry the mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, in a, like what what franchise could do that? And and Wakanda Forever shows that like yeah, they have the players, like they have all the parts here where. It's not the same thing, clearly, because because the other you know the other irony of this is they also kind of self sabotaged by killing off Killmonger, so you mm-hmm. don't I... actually have Michael <laughs> was... J uh, Michael B Jordan um, or Michael J Borden as I like mm-hmm. to diss yeah. him as um, <laughs> you d- you don't have him with the exception of obviously spoilers you know a little cameo sequence the um, the we were driving into the theater and I was saying that I was like. You know, after the the producers heard that Chadwick Boseman had died, I'm sure, like at some point, they were like, "Man, I really wish we hadn't killed off Killmonger." Uh huh. Because <laughs> that would uh-huh. that would have been like a very natural, you know, story to try to try to. Well, and I I was here. not I I kind of expected to see the character because in the comics, Killmonger dies all the time and pretty regularly finds ways back. So I was like, "There's a you know, not only is this comic movies, but like there's a there's a roadmap here." Um, plus, like, we didn't see the body. There was a lot of, you know, and there was a lot of theories, too, that, like, oh, Killmonger will be the next Black Panther. Like, that's a that's a route you could have gone. I think, ultimately, you know, they went Occam's Razor. They went, no, what is the, 
what is the most sensible legacy solution that made the most sense coming out of the first movie that a lot of people were teasing, yeah. but like four movies down the road, you know, thinking we'd we'd have, you know, uh, uh, T'Challa as the Black Panther for much longer. I mean, sure, it makes the most sense. Sure, it makes the most sense. I w- even as the movie was I, going, I was still like, could it be Nakia? Because it's so yeah, weird. To I will have argue Lupita for Nakia. Like, yeah. Lupita Nyong'o as the Black Panther, like, was honestly that's kind of what I was hoping for before. I was hoping like, that too. A I knew bit. I it was Lupita gonna be Shuri, but I w- even like on the scene when like we were about to see the new Black Panther and Shuri's creating the new herb, and then Nakia comes into the scene, I was like. Yeah. begging for her to be the new Black Panther and it didn't happen. <laughs> Lupita Nyong'o is incredible. She's she's really a slim part of that first movie. So, like, yeah, yeah. it, it would have been, you know, I, I think Shuri's the much more natural uh, natural choice there. Well, it's her movie. I mean, this is Shuri's movie. Yeah, I, ten minutes in, I had no doubt, like, whose journey this was to become the Black Panther. Uh, yeah, Because no, just sure. of, of the focus. An interesting tack, tack on effect of the death of Chadwick Boseman is this does mean... That this movie is an incredibly female-driven movie. Um, I, I think, you know, just kind of because who is left in the cast. But you get, like, Shuri and Nakia and Okoye and the Queen. And Riri Williams are five of the six main characters. Which yeah. I don't think any other MCU movie has this, right? Like, even Black Widow and Captain Marvel, the other, like, female-led movies, don't have... Um, such a uh, a robust like female cast heading it up like namor's yeah. the only non-female main character here mbaku's around and but I yeah I, I wouldn't call him a main character like the the other five are um yeah he's, I think less he's pretty secondary movie. yeah um so yeah he's less than less than I, the first one i want to like when it comes out on disney person or whatever i want to count if if Everett Ross is in it more than M'Baku, which is very oh. much possible, oh, I'll be really mad. What a crime. He, you, people have problems with him being in the first one, you know, like that a CIA agent is helping out yeah. Wakanda. I think it works way better in the first one because, like, at least we're not distracting from the rest of the movie yeah, by that was, back to him. Here, like, he did, fits like, in naturally. The Everett Ross yeah. storyline didn't work at all and felt very much, oh, this is still an MCU movie. We have to tease Thunderbolts or whatever by having, uh, what's her name, uh, Contessa here? Yeah, that, that was really, like, ham... <laughs> Like ham fisted, very like forced in there. Like you could have. Yeah, that's one of the two main things I don't like about the movie. Like that whole storyline in a two hours and forty minutes movie could very easily be cut out. Mm -hmm. I also feel like uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's role could have been like just like some very ham fisted exposition actually would have been useful there (laughs) because (laughs) it's it's fairly unclear. Like it's like all right, we know Julia, (laughs) and we've technically seen her at the end of Black Widow, and you know if you watch Falcon Winter Soldier or whatever. But like, I just I don't anticipate most audiences are watching this being like, oh, so she's the new Nick Fury, or like I I don't know. I just feel like her role is kind of mysterious, you know, yeah, in in not useful ways because that whole all those threads are kind of like obviously it's positioning, you know, okay, that the U.S. government is actually antagonistic or or selfish in its aims towards Wakanda. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you dropped all of that and all the Everett Ross stuff, you really don't lose a lot. Um, and, and that was kind of a weird, yes, a weird forced thing. I, you know, I do actually, while we're talking about just nations, you know, wanting vibranium for themselves and, and obviously sort of now trying to pressure and manipulate Wakanda into, you know, effectively stealing what is theirs and what has made them so powerful because now they know about it. Charlotte, just, do you have anything to say for yourself for your role 
in France's invasion <laughs> of Wakanda security forces because that was my first thought watching this movie was like Charlotte has a lot to answer for. I, it's a very, very French heavy movie. Like there's a lot of French. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like very like. That's why yep, she loves it. That makes sense. Yeah. Who's stealing stuff in Africa right now? Probably the French. Like that's, <laughs> that's yep. Fair enough. Fair enough, yeah, I, I did think it was funny that you could kind of feel, because you basically you have two options in that Security Council meeting. You have the U.S. saying a thing about Wakanda should share, and then you have the French saying the same thing. And then it's like, oh, but they don't have the the guts to make this invasion America, actually. It kind of felt like that, because that's where the movie shot, and that's where Disney's owned and all that. So it's like, well, who can we blame that uh, that no one in America will be offended by. <laughs> oh, the French. <laughs> the Let's French, do that. As always. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind no, of but I, I, it makes sense. Like it's, <laughs> it was funny to, to see French people get killed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did appreciate. I guess I think those things those add to the movie is it does give you the sense now of the hostility towards Wakanda and sort of their new role in the world. Yeah. Being known like on a national political level. Um, because that actually, I think, helps emphasize Namor's points a lot more, you know? Yeah, without Whereas, that, you'd be like, why is Namor waging war on Wakanda, right? You need, you need right. that to bolster his motivations. Well, and, and also just, like, why would Shuri consider this alliance, you know? Like, if, if they're on good terms with everyone <laughs> and no one is threatening them, then it's like, Namor, no. <laughs> like, there's no reason for this. But Namor comes across as a villain uh, who makes some very compelling points uh, Zach, Charlotte, is it? Let's, see, let, that's that's the like where this falls down compared to Black Panther one, where I'm like, I, I don't think he makes compelling points. Namor wasn't <laughs> as like, good for you, yeah. No, the like, join me to invade the surface world, or I'll invade you. That's where I start the movie shifted into like, oh, okay, this is like you know we have to have a tension here, and and it, and it plays out okay, you know, like the tension between Shuri and Namor like individually was okay, and like once it just kind of swallowed that kind of sweaty conceit <laughs> and we were like all right we have to deal with this then you know it was a little more on board but there is that chunk like when they have that conversation in um his city with shuri um about how you know basically he threatens her uh and then it's gonna rise up to these tensions where i was like well this doesn't yeah this doesn't make any sense you know <laughs> like he he goes so quickly he like it's like he says the right thing you know, he's like, okay, like, they're going to come for you eventually. Like, maybe we should ally. But then he immediately jumps to, and that's why I'm going to invade the surface world. <laughs> and yeah. on and one hand, it was invade, like, if you had, sl- you. yeah, it's like, if you had slow played this and not immediately threatened her, it would have seemed kind of compelling and like maybe mm-hmm. something she had to think about in a little more detail. But it also, that also feels actually pretty true to sort of the spirit of Namor. Which is, you know, super arrogant, no frills, and generally wants to invade the surface world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... <laughs> I guess I just didn't, like, it didn't sell that on me that it was, you know, like, some kind of Machiavellian plot, which it almost at the end, like, faints towards, like, oh, this was, you know, him, he's just got this whole plot now that Wakanda, this is his way of making Wakanda his ally. I don't know if he was thinking that initially, if that's what they were implying, but... Yeah, um, it's it's unclear if he's playing 3D chess or if he's making it up uh, on the go. Yeah, <laughs> one uh, of those two. Yeah, but you yeah. know that that lack of like having a real core. I mean the 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 like core thematic background of this that has to deal with you know any kind of real world stuff is there are colonizing nations and they're <laughs> they're bad towards countries that they can extract resources from, which like 
yeah and that was that was in the first movie too and it doesn't you know it's not explored here the way that the stuff with killmonger was really explored naturally um so i i think it's fine but like i just like the the bar that black panther one sets for that um this this movie does not come near fulfilling but i really like namor can we talk about namor <laughs> um yeah yeah, yeah. Namor, Absolutely. namor's the part of this movie that i was like very gleeful about yes. um i was thinking about how if we had a, a namor somehow if namor had been in an, a marvel movie 10 years ago even like at the very beginning of the mcu or pre-mcu superhero movie oh like the way Ooh. that they would have had to do it which like he would have just had you know some kind of high-tech boots uh, that made, let him fly, or he would have yeah. had like wings just tattooed on his ankles to, you right, know, as right, like right. a wink to the fans. He would uh, have had Imperious Rex tattooed on his knuckles, even though that's way too much. Oh <laughs> <laughs> so like, <clears throat> just living in an age where you know, like the MCU is big enough and weird enough, in that we're, I, I am, I'm such a, a sucker for this stuff. <laughs> as much as I'm, you know, like I like these movies, and I'm not crazy about them like I'm, I'm such a sucker for the idea that like the mcu can just like build up a world where we have atlantis and she hulk and the werewolves and you know like all the weird little like b and c tier stuff is really coming to to light yeah yeah um i'm, I'm so in like we're gonna you know there'll be dracula and namor are both in the marvel universe now on screen it's very fun anyway the uh the namor stuff was great i laughed out loud in the imperious rex line uh that was the only one in the theater <laughs> i don't know it's that not, they forget, needed it but it made me it's happy not very laugh out loud moments but okay. no exactly that's why like you know <laughs> it was yeah. kind of an inappropriate laugh but i was just like very happy <laughs> for it and yeah. i was like oh that's so much fun uh it doesn't particularly even make sense in the moment but uh it, really was, cool. it. it was cool yeah, it was cool i'm it here was for very it cool. charlotte so what do you I think really of don't... mcu namor yeah, yeah, I think he's only missing the holiness, but the rest of it is all there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think. Uh, well, I guess Shuri's just Letitia writes so much younger. Uh, yeah, is she's like thirty how, years old. How... She she looks like she's nineteen, but she is thirty, so it's not that. I think <laughs> that I don't know. The character difference. is probably like around twenty to twenty-five. I think because like six years have passed since the first movie. But yeah, and it's I guess still he weird is supposed with Namor, who's like four hundred so. years old. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's so I guess they could like yeah no that's I really like that that relationship but not like that. It's a classic um, ultimate Wolverine problem, you know. So like, I kind of was thinking that like old if they were gonna start like putting a little sexual tension in here between the two of them, because if it wasn't for him being hundreds of years old, then I would be you know I wouldn't bat an eye yeah. at it. <laughs> but him being I mean, you know many hundreds of years old does make. It if they creepy. had been able to do it with Chadwick Boseman and they done. <laughs> <laughs> like a sexual tension between T'Challa and Namor, I would have loved that. But uh, yeah. and like Your you voice. know, like with having as sad as it is to say, with having Shuri in like in the state she is after having lost her brother, like they can do a Black Panther Namor relationship that is as like I don't know uh, angry, <laughs> I guess. Like they especially like. Shuri has much to to resent um, uh, to resent Namor for in a way that like I don't know if that would have worked as well or in that way with T'Challa because he's like the MCU version of T'Challa is way more like heroic and kind of perfect version of T'Challa compared to the comics where he's way more of a politician and like yeah I don't know that that relationship between Shuri and uh, and and Namor really really worked well and they they had 
I mean, they had a really, really good chemistry once again, even if it's not, uh, if it, even if it's not the sexual chemistry that uh, that Namor. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll wait for for Fantastic Four or something. <laughs> we'll probably see that there. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, he's a. Yeah, for, uh, <laughs> but he he's a he's a he's a great Namor. Like I I love that he has his little green boxes and everything. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> even down to to having a kind of funny origin to his name, like just he. Uh, the... That made me laugh, but maybe not in a like. I uh, really I like that. Like, I really enjoyed that. Like, is it is it a little corny? Absolutely, it's but it, very yeah, it's totally corny, works. But it's fun. Well, and also I, like, I if it. you're gonna you're gonna sort of reimagine the um i don't what's the act is it central american roots the actual geography um you know it's latin i i, I don't know that i'm getting the yeah, terminology right mayan yeah mayan okay yeah um, you're gonna reimagine it and tie something to the language like that was kind of fun i i thought that was pretty clever um it's it's funny i, I don't no actually more, have a problem with you know it. and you see so you get no more as something they say yeah. his enemies say listen that little boy namor was the biggest badass in this entire movie. It's little boy strangles a priest to death. Tough <laughs> as hell. Um, yeah. I I loved. I I actually really loved this version of Namor. I mean, it it yes, it is different than the comics. You know, there are certain elements that are absolutely downplayed. Obviously, the history has changed. Uh, but within that reimagining, I do think you capture a pretty cool character. Um, it excellent performance. I think they pretty interestingly and kind of wisely like like really heavily move away from atlantis and any aquaman comparisons you know um yeah i think in some ways to their detriment like it's so dark (laughs) in that ocean like er like in aquaman there's a lot of and i don't actually really like the aquaman movie but the elements that i do like is like you get this sort of wild little mermaid you know sea creatures and just like well-lit spaces like it's visually compelling I think Telecon, the capital city, like it is, it is often not. At least in my experience, like everything was just so dark and muted. Um, it felt more like living deep in the ocean, <laughs> where there's no light. Uh, and it, but but at the same time, I think they crafted uh, a real sort of like brief glimpse into a culture and a community and a sense of what Namor has to protect. And then more important than anything, I think is the key point of this movie: Namor society and Wakanda are so similar in so many ways, right down to they have access to vibranium from this meteor that crashed into Earth, right? And and that is, you know, obviously the message at the end as Shuri's contemplating killing Namor during their final third act battle and starts seeing the visions of, like, her people, Namor's people from her experience there, and just the obvious similarities. Because I've never, during, during that whole third act, I've never felt more uneasy about the violence in the MCU actually like even during civil war where it's like you know tony and steve and bucky and it's like no they're friends <laughs> why are they fighting <laughs> yeah. like I, that didn't you know i i embrace that like that's i know i know the story and i know the reason we got there the wakandans and the atlanteans fighting or not the atlanteans the i don't know i don't know what you call them talicans i think yeah i mean basically the atlanteans yeah i know yeah. yeah um but when they're fighting i'm like the whole time like i felt really uneasy about it and with sherry and namor as well where it's like like, I really wanted them to stop. <laughs> like, I really wanted them to stop. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's CII, clearly, like, the tension you know? that they want you to feel, right? Like, that's... Yeah. Well, no, Cooper's but I know, but it's like, like you can want that, that and not and yeah. not sell it. And I think that's... And, like, it's it. really well done. Like, you feel that tension. The, like, the invasion of Wakanda is really, really well done. And I think even, like, something that's really 
good with having that like a very strong secondary cast but like all of them are, are very fun and like very very good characters but none of them are like so integral to the MCU that they have complete plot armor like you could see one of them dying um is that, is that like in most of the fights between like Okoye and Atuma or Mbaku and Namor like part of me was kind of scared that they would die like the I thought Mbaku did initially I thought Namor punched right through his chest yeah, that yeah, they kind of had to turn that into a jokey moment to reassure you, like, no, he's fine. Yeah, <laughs> Even the worried. fight between Okoye and Atuma on the bridge, like, when they, they go to get Ironheart, I was like, like, that, I could see a version of this movie where that's where Okoye dies. Like, there, mm. it's very, very well done, and you feel that tension on, like, a war between two nations, and, like, there could be some some big casualties on each side. And, like, because you... Like yeah, that that could reasonably be, be done, and like they do it with uh, with Queen Ramonda at the towards the 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 end of the second act. Uh, but yeah, I mean that, that was really well done, and I was very invested in 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 a lot of the fights as a result of that. Like I felt like there could be consequences to them. Did Queen Ramonda's death feel necessary to both of you in a movie that is already so consumed with grief? Um, and I think part of the challenge with this is. The movie's so sad already. Angela Bassett, is that is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I want to say Angela Lansbury. I'm like, no, that's not. Uh, Angela Bassett is amazing in this. Yeah, I really this movie like, really gives her the space. She like, gets some. Yeah. She gets some room. Yeah. To really mm-hmm. do it, yeah. and uh, and Queen Ramonda's a super cool character. There's also like, there's kind of my wife was particularly bothered by this. Like, there's kind of an annoying, tropey implausibility to the noble rescuing underwater somehow having the strength to make it all the way to the surface with someone else, but then not enough to pop your head out of the water. <laughs> your, your wife ring the little bell for cinema sins. When she <laughs> I guarantee you she has never watched cinema sins, but like definitely that was the, that was the angle she was coming to it from. Um, no, I, but uh, I guess more on a, on a, on a story beat moment on, um, on a grief scale. I was kind of like, are they actually going to do it? Like, are they actually going to take someone else? away from viewers uh what did you both think of that yeah I, it works for me because i think you know i mean it's, it's pushing shuri into you know her, her darkest place her making the the decision to follow like in her brother's footsteps right and like pick up the path that he had started down right not that he always had followed but that he had started down and like taking wakanda in the correct path like it makes that choice even harder for her mm-hmm. at the end um yeah. especially because when- then it becomes very personal because it's about Namor. It's about the guy who killed her mom and her having to spare him specifically. Um, no, I, I, yeah. I liked it. I thought it was good. I think you, you see the thread, like, in Felicio. Like, yeah, she... Realistically, that's a weird way of having her die. But, like, you kind of need that. But I think it's very effective. And, like, then heading into the the scene of the vision with uh, with Killmonger, like, you, you understand the grief she's feeling and why she's seeing Killmonger in that moment. Right. Like, yeah, I, I think it's it works well, even though you, you kind of see the, the threads behind it of, of why it has to happen. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the movie is, like, heavy with grief, and, like, it's hard to say that the grief feels real because, like, it is. It is real. It's the grief the, the actors, like, the real-life actors are feeling from from having lost a friend and co-worker. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, 
I didn't need some of the jokes that like kind of come to counterbalance it. And specifically, like, I don't know, what did you think of what they do with Ironheart in the movie? Because I, I think the actress does a good job. She's fun, like in the way she's introduced and like her having her own uh, self-made um, Iron Man armor. Yeah. But like after that, I feel like she's just used as kind of a uh, what's the word? Um, what's the word for an object? Uh, the characters need to achieve a MacGuffin. MacGuffin, thank you. Yeah. She, she's kind of just used as a MacGuffin between Wakanda and Tarakan, and yeah. kind of as oh, a, yeah. like, comic relief. Did, like, did she, either of you She doesn't about... really have a character in the movie, did, and I did, yeah. found did that Did you think about America Chavez when you were watching this? Because it's remarkably similar to the role it, that America Chavez oh, plays true. in Multiverse of Badness. That, like, yeah. It's a new, young, B-tiered, up-and-coming Marvel character. Uh, played by a young woman who is the... If only the hero of this movie would sacrifice her, everything would be settled. That's, like, the the main thrust. And that's where, like, the entire tension of the film, like, lies. At least for the first... A good chunk of this movie, it's like... You can also do that with Billy and Tommy in WandaVision, which raises the question, can you be a young Avenger? You could even do that with Hulk Lane's Secret Invasion. You could <laughs> yep. very easily do that with every young Avenger. Can you be a young inv- Avenger if you haven't been a MacGuffin and willing to be sacrificed? No, yeah, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> if if very a, your similar, sacrifice yeah. uh, wasn't yeah. up for up for consideration by a hero at one point. Yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah that's, I don't that's, know. Given effect. how like central she is to the plot of the movie, I wished... I cared more about her character. Like, she, mm. there was more to her. And, like, I'm excited of seeing her in her own series, but I wish... I don't... I wish it felt less like, oh, we're introducing her here so that people will see that. We'll watch her show afterwards. It, yeah. There was it's, a, it's little a little bit of that. It's an ad vibe. This, yeah. this, which it, is it's tough. just that this movie has to deal with too much, you know? that That's, like... Yeah. That's the main complaint I've been seeing from critics is the movie's a little overstuffed. And, and I agree. Like, it is. I had a really good time with it, but, like... There's too many threads. There's too many things that they have to uh, like deal with and tie up. And I, I, Mike, I mean, I that that's the MCU. Is it that overstuffed little, though? Little... Is it really? I mean, it's, it's. I think thematically, it's very overstuffed. I mean, Shuri herself has is carrying way too many things for me. I think that's the main like failure of this movie, or at least the thing that's holding it back from being really good. Is Shuri has her grief, and Shuri has her disbelief another thread is her disbelief in anything supernatural right like she doesn't yeah. really believe in the black panther as this mythical protector who you know taps into the ancestor plane and that her family still lives somewhere like, and, that's like, very is... tied to her grief like those yeah that feels related I don't, I don't think those are two like separate complete separate separate threads of her character here. no i don't i don't think so either I'm, I'm just listing all the things that are like part of her character and then there's her like protecting wakanda and then her Wanting to, like, burn the... I mean, they all are linked into her grief, but, like, I feel like the way that they play out is just... I I don't know. I I didn't get from the end, like, a nice, tight, cohesive path that, like, her coming to terms with becoming Black Panther, becoming the ruler here, like, the the path she wants to take Wakanda on versus her personal vengeance. Like, I, I think all that, like, was trying to bite off a little more than it could grapple with by the end of this movie. I think the piece Um, of it that I didn't that I wanted to feel more was her rage. I think that, because, like, very early, she says to her mom after T'Challa dies and she can't, you know, recreate the heart-shaped herb to save him, she's like, I just want to burn the world. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that component was not real clear. And also, like, Mm -hmm. that's not the character that we know, right? That's a post-loss inversion of the character, but it it wasn't 
very clear to me until Namor kills her mom (laughs) and attacks Wakanda. And then it's like, okay, now I can kind of feel this. But I, even then, like when she, well, so like when she accepts the Black Panther role, right. And she goes into battle on the ship. I wanted to feel that rage more. Like I was kind of ready to like be broken by that, honestly. Um, because you know why she's feeling it and the reasons are so sad, but it, it kind of never, I don't know. It talks about it a lot and it does yeah, the Killmonger exactly, yeah. thing, but it doesn't, I don't actually think I, I felt that. So I, I hear you on that particular. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe it would have needed her to make more mistakes with that and just not talk about, talk about it and have mm-hmm. Mbaku be, be impressed by that. But even like, even just her talking about it with Mbaku was really well done because yeah. they're two really yeah. good actors. And like they they know how to handle that kind oh, of scene. Oh yeah, yeah. One of one of the things that makes this movie like elevates this movie is it just has like Ryan Coogler knows how to. I mean, they incredible casting. He knows how to direct these yeah. scenes. So like these scenes are shot so well. In that you know, there's so much of just tight focused close up conversation in this movie, but yeah. it looks great. Like it looks. Dare I say this? It looks like a real movie. Uh, <laughs> just in the conversational <laughs> scenes of people standing around talking like they're lit beautifully yeah. and the way it's edited looks great you and just it's got just a the... you just got a free month to the criterion channel for the oh hell yeah the episode. yep yep it's just uh, came in. and you just have you know when you've got great actors like the tisha wright and lupita nyong'o you can't lose so unless uh, you don't <laughs> really use lupita nyong'o <laughs> i mean she, like she kind of can here i liked her i liked her in this one a lot more than the first one i mean she, I, I do think she is slightly underserved for being maybe the biggest actor in this movie i would right? say like badly underserved frankly yeah. yeah um in just strange ways just just a strange role all around uh but yeah i mean all in all i i do agree with that general sentiment i mean it feels like you know just a straight up good movie um and it's it's reacting to a real thing and it's doing it effectively again i really a few things made me happier than winged anklet namor like like jumping yep. through the sky, like just the ah, mechanics so yeah. of him like yeah. traveling, like he's so yeah. powerful, he's so fast. All that stuff was incredibly cool. And straight up being called a mutant with that, which I wasn't yeah. sure about. I so feel like they could easily not do that. So are we just yeah? So, I mean, I guess Charlotte, how do you feel about sort of Namor's just a mutant? Miss Marvel saying you know she's a mutant. Like how do you feel about this this sort of approach of like hey, we're just calling people mutants now. <laughs> we're just gonna throw that out there and see how it goes. I mean, yeah, maybe it would need, a, like, a clarification of why all these people, like, it's very weird that all these people are saying specifically the world mutants, but, like, there there isn't a cohesive reason behind it, and, mm-hmm. unless we don't know about it yet, but they all feel like they're just, they just happen to, to come to the conclusion of that word from very different uh, circumstances, uh, but... But I'm like I really I like that the idea of introducing separate mutants here and there and like having that build up over the course of the the next few years before we get an actual uh, expand team or anything like that. Yeah, I'm kind of um, wondering. I don't know it it works better there for me than Ms. Marvel at least. Well, right, because you because it's Namor says he's a mutant. I'm like, yeah, I know, right? As opposed to Ms. Marvel, where it's obviously like a yeah. twist. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it does. You know, my my brain immediately went to like, okay, is he like the first mutant? But then it's like, well, then that would mean that all mutants are just a result of Namor being like incredibly horny and virile over time, and that's like a weird route <laughs> to go. I just, uh, I think this conversation is a little like inappropriate for a couple Homo sapiens to be gatekeeping what is and isn't. Oh a mutant. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I just don't think like this is um, something we should really be weighing uh-huh. in on. 
Uh, that's I'm, fair. That's I'm a little fair. uncomfortable. This is, jumping this in is here. maybe we should leave this to the mutants, the many of them <laughs> that are now suddenly in the MCU. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It was kind of. I, I don't know. I guess the bigger thing for me is like I didn't react to that. You know, I didn't because I, I imagine the more performative fans or whatever are like in the theater, like screaming or gasping or something when he says I'm mutant. <laughs> the more performative fans roasted him. <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> No, I know what you mean. I just, yeah, I like the, the way you. But like, that. I just I had no like emotional reaction to that, and like I'm excited for X Men, and I I love X Men stuff. And when Namor says that, I'm just kind of like, yeah. Okay. Well, because it's you know it's clearly like them just doing the little wink. I mean, we we just know outside of these movies that there's not a mutant movie planned for right at least the next three years. So like that this will just be a little you know wink to the the fans who know. Besides but that, like, no, but I, really I just enjoy the potential of this this character played by this actor being like having reasons to interact and be part of of that world and like I I can't yeah, wait to, yeah. to see interactions between this Namor and whatever they do with Magneto for example or like even outside of X Men like this Namor and and Doctor Doom like yeah give me that I can't okay, wait for so that like the that's... the only thing that we we give up with this this uh, version of Namor uh-huh. that I've seen is the invaders you know world yeah, war ii yeah. right. fighting with Cap. Wait, well, which maybe I still see. maybe yeah i know i i heard that and then i was like well yeah maybe maybe you could still like have him fighting nazis with captain america and it just you know was forgotten that there was a fish man uh <laughs> doing this i but, mean i feel like uh, the yeah. the invaders kind of uh, era of uh, of superheroes will be done in like some kind of what if thing i don't think it will be part of the mcu because Captain America has a real short stint in, in World War Two, and I don't think, like, I think we see basically most of it in, in that first movie. I don't unless, know how much room there is for, for Invader stuff. we don't. <laughs> unless we didn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were thinking but, about but that. Honestly, I, I, but honestly, who, like, none of us here are, are like, ah, oh, Invaders. get fans. Invaders. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, have none you of read no, it's the just actual that it would be 70s fun to Invader series? It's not, it's not interesting. <laughs> No, yeah. I know, like, but like, yeah. there's plenty of not much... interesting things that Marvel in the MCU then takes and makes interesting, right? Like, no, that, that's true, but like, I don't know. Na- there's a lot of stuff I love about Namor, and like, in- Invaders is the last of them. Like, I sure it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I guess so. it's yeah. it's far from the first thing I think about when I think. Yeah, about we have that to watch. Character. We have to see him roll in the snow. That's the all of us clamoring <laughs> for <laughs> to see I this mean, Namor. The fact land. that the plan at the end to to beat him is to dry him was this is clearly very setting up. No, I know what happens in the movie is clearly setting up that scene later <laughs> of Namor yeah. having to roll in the snow. No, but like, I, yeah, I, I really <laughs> want to see them on a version of like MCU Illuminati with the other like big heads of states and great thinkers of, uh, oh, of yeah. what they're doing on the MCU. Like yeah. him with Doctor Strange and Mr. Fantastic and like those kind of guys. Yeah. I can't wait for that. for that in the MCU, which I think like we'll probably see in the, I know the King Dynasty or something. It also made me think, you know, another Marvel series that actually is never anywhere near as good as you want it to be is Supervillain Team Up with Doctor Doom and Namor in the 70s. But mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was my first thought was like, oh man, if they did a Supervillain Team Up MCU or movie with whoever the new Doom is and this Namor and frankly a resurrected Killmonger, I would be just over the moon, right? And I guess another version of that is like the Cabal. You know, Dark Reign era or Illuminati <laughs> era, Secret War stuff. Like, yes. Like, but the uh, point is, like, I want to see this Namor doing that stuff. Um, okay, I have a pitch. Yeah, it's super villain team up, but it's just Namor, Doctor Doom, and Justin Hammer. 
<laughs> Bring him okay. back. Yeah, yeah. Give as a core member of, of that team. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I know. Like I'm. I'm. There. There are a few variations that you could throw at me where I'd be like, "Oh no way." Um, I yeah, did also. Yeah. I did also think like, "Yes, Fantastic Four. I. I don't know if they'll touch on Namor immediately, but whenever Namor meets Sue, like that's that's it, right? Like she just leaves. <laughs> she just go, mm-hmm. she's just going to Telecon. Like that's happening. Um, and I'm excited for uh, that the, now the, as you, well. You know, that, I, I agree. The um, like rooting Atlantis in this uh, Mayan. Uh, this Mayan culture, I mean, j- just makes it immediately more interesting and clearly, like, because I think in the comics it's very dull, it's very generic, and it's very Aquaman-ish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I-, I really like that aspect, but it really did not help this movie to have watched the new Avatar trailer immediately before <laughs> it. <laughs> yep. Sure. Yeah. Not, not in... Actually, I-, I was surprised watching it. I was like, wow, like, I never would have predicted that the Black Panther movie was going to try to, like, eat Avatar 2's lunch in having... <laughs> you know a bunch of blue people come out of the ocean on the back of a whale um but just like what you were saying the shots of telecon itself and you know these like beautiful ocean shots or whatever they were kind of muddy and murky compared to what we were just watching in the avatar trailer um uh, before you know you, really you just mentioned this and I, it's, I, it's not something i've thought about in great detail i don't know if this is a thing people are talking about i'm i've generally replaced twitter with marvel snap <laughs> at this point in my life, oh, which has been a good super positive yeah. development. Um, but, okay, here's a thought. Wouldn't it kind of have been better if Namor's people didn't turn blue and they were all clearly Mayan, you know, just in terms of the visual representation Why? of of culture on <laughs> Why? screen? Like, what do we do actually mean? get a lot from turning them blue, aside from, like, that's what Atlanteans are... I mean, they're only blue when they're on the surface. Like, yeah, when they go back, I think under, they, or are they not blue like underwater? When, I think when they they're underwater, they have yeah, like they regular, didn't do a great regular job human of, like, skin tones. Highlighting that, right? Like, it was not incredibly yeah. clear, but there were a few scenes where, when they're back underwater, they looked back to being, you know, like just. I couldn't like, see a thing skin. under yeah. there, honestly. So, <laughs> I, I <laughs> really only me? noticed it in a few shots, like when his mother was giving birth. I was like, "Oh, you're not blue anymore." That's better. Uh, Okay. Yeah, which, that, is, which is a choice, a but they didn't, like, I, I kind of felt like they should have had a scene of them, like, emerging from the water, and then we watched their skin in real time just kind of flash mm-hmm. blue, mm-hmm. because it was not yeah. it was not super clear. Also, I have no stake in <laughs> what color their skin is above or below uh, water. I don't know. What, what do you mean? I don't. I, I guess I still don't know. Where no, I think that's, like, that's, that's a thing that often uh, in those kinds of movies, like... Black and brown actors are cast in roles where, like, their skin oh, oh, is oh, green oh. or blue or anything sure. like that. Sure. I, I guess, but we got, like, a pretty good amount. I mean, one, you have Namor, who's not blue, right? And he's the lead. He's the only really, like, named character here. Well, um, I'm kind of just comparing it to Wakanda, honestly, where it's like, everyone yeah, I, I, I guess right? I get that, that has meaning. I mean, it's just, like, in the context of that trope, like, it could. I, I yeah, Like, I, I get that, uh, that argument, but I, I think, yeah, the fact that they're... That we mostly see them underwater, in in except in the the fighting scenes, like we mostly see and them underwater. So we we I don't mean, they see are them directly Mayans often. too, right? It is not yeah. just that like we cast a bunch of Mayans, <laughs> or you know, like indigenous uh, Central Americans, and then painted them blue. And it's just like the winking backdrop is that like, oh yeah, it's you know, it's kind of based on mine. It's like they are literally the Mayans who then stepped yeah, into yeah. the water. So I, mm-hmm. I think it kind of mm-hmm. sidesteps that. Um, yeah. yeah. I will me. also say uh, the the plot here of how they became mer people, very similar to a DuckTales plot. 
um, from the rebooted DuckTales. That's true. I am not ruling out a direct plagiarism, frankly, of of DuckTales, yeah. uh, which I think is going to be increasingly influential once we get to the Yeah, Scrooge McDuck should be the next member of the Illuminati's. <laughs> He'd be great on the Illuminati. As played by David Tennant. <laughs> oh, please, please. Um, okay, yeah. let's let's talk about... So obviously we, we all generally feel pretty positive about this movie. I mean, I think mm-hmm. for me, it's good, not great. You know, I think it's kind of where I net out. Um, I'm, I'm kind of just internally like, is this better than some of the Spider-Man movies? Um, is this better than, you know, like I said, already Multiverse of Madness? I think it is. Uh, I kind of got it. Or even like Loki, like the first season. Like it's kind of in that conversation for me, stuff I like, but not my absolute favorite of the bunch. Uh, let's talk about, though... Okay, so there's one there's one piece here that made me the most uneasy of the whole movie. The one piece is real. The one Sorry. piece. I almost started that. I almost started that anime this morning with my son, and I, I tried some. Uh, oh, don't watch that with a child. It's very horny. <laughs> is it? Okay, well he's one and a half, so the odds of that. Oh, okay. Print, he would, know, he'll, he'll be more focused on the milk aspect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see what you mean. Um, uh, the one it, aspect it does that... start out with a man getting shot in the head, uh, <laughs> like at point blank rage in the first episode. We'll try something else. It... We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, try. Yeah. We'll try something else. That's fine. It maybe isn't for children. Speaking of trying something else, I mean it is, but the post credit yes. scene. Okay, yeah. the post credit oh, yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. This whole movie. This whole movie is, like I said, it's remarkably committed to grief. It's remarkably committed to respecting the legacy of Chadwick Boseman. Probably in some ways, like, kind of kind of over committed in terms of, like, you can tell that everyone involved in this movie feels this in a way that probably it's just hard to for, for the average person who did not know this actor, as sad as it is, mm-hmm. you know, frankly. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so post-credits, though. We do. We start. Ooh, with that a, was a voice crack. Getting emotional? <laughs> a little. We start with a silent homage. We end... With the silent homage to Chadwick, and then we come back, and Lupita comes out, and she's got the reveal of baby T'Challa. This actually made me feel uneasy, in that the whole movie went without, you know, because the whole time it's like, well, they could do a hologram. They could do T'Challa in the spirit realms. There's that potential, and they avoid it, and good. It would have been ghoulish to do it otherwise. But then they're like, oh, but we're kind of going to continue the legacy here. And it gives Shuri a family. I feel the emotion of it. The, just, I don't know, anything that is kind of the presence of T'Challa in Chadwick Boseman, this actor who passed, I'm kind of like a little unsure if that's the route to go. I guess, I don't know how I feel. I guess both of you, like, what did you, this didn't, this wasn't to me like, oh, that's incredible or, oh, that's amazing. I was kind of just like, oh, that's surprising and that's weird. Uh, what, did, what did both of you think of that? that twist i i think it shouldn't have been the post credits because those like we've been like taught to 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 take those post credits as like teasings for the future and i don't know this is what that is like i think this is just an homage to chadwick boseman and i don't think that character is going to become like the new black panther or anything like we might never see that kid again right yeah exactly like it's very much made to like he's not going to be hanging out around in wakanda like they they explicitly say that they want to to raise him outside of that whole sphere. Like it's just like a symbolic thing. Thing we know it exists and like to uh, a, a symbol of legacy and stuff like that. And like, but uh, yeah, it's it's I don't know. It it it's uh, it's it's a fine homage to to Chadwick Boseman, I guess. But it's I, I don't it didn't, like, homage to Chadwick Boseman. I don't get that at all why, I guess why would that be I kind of don't know that either to, yeah. to the character of T'Challa and like as oh being to the character of T'Challa Boseman. yes to Chadwick yeah. Boseman no 
Okay. I so mean, my, yeah, my yeah take but like everything is... that is an homage to T'Challa in this movie is like by my, my take by on it is yeah. part of the conversation around Chadwick Boseman passing. There's a very heated and very passionate debate about should they recast Chadwick Boseman or recast T'Challa, right? right? And a lot of like very passionate. And I've always been like, okay, whatever they do, it's fine. You know, I'm not like make Shuri Black Panther or recast another person as T'Challa. Either is okay with me. But some people feel really strongly that like this is the first really big black superhero. It's really important that like T'Challa continue, you know, because he was so monumental, uh, right. so important to a lot of people as a character. And like if you know Henry Cavill just died suddenly, you wouldn't just be like, oh, no more Superman. Like. They would recast a Superman. Same yeah. with Tom Holland as Spider-Man, probably, right? Like, there's characters that they wouldn't just let you know, let die. There wouldn't oh, be I'd... no Bruce Wayne, right? Um, I don't know how true that is for, like, for the MCU. Whatever. I mean, it, I it doesn't know. matter specifically. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying in general. No, no, like, I, I know what you mean. I know they wouldn't saying, not yeah. have a Bruce Wayne yeah. Batman. Well, and all those properties I, have already been recast. Doesn't yeah, that's right. Exactly. The, right. So if like, you're talking about DC heroes, it works differently than in the MCU because I feel like most characters in the MCU, like you take the example of Peter Parker, if Tom Holland were to die, I think they would do Miles Morales and they would do a legacy thing. Like they would yeah. do that for most, they would do that for most Marvel heroes because of, of the way the MCU works. But yeah, for for like DC heroes, they would just freak out because that's that's how DC heroes have worked in movies. For James Rhodes okay. is the only character who they would just recast. Shouts, yeah, shouts when, to Terrence Howard. When Terrence Howard passed. Who's R.I.P. R.I.P. Terrence. <laughs> okay. Yep. Anyway, th- that argument is going on. I, I feel like this is a little bit of a, you know, a, a recognition of that and saying, no, T'Challa still lives on in this kid. I, I, that that was my, like, something. I guess I just don't feel that. Uh, um, and maybe, maybe that means more to others than I'm sure it does. I'm sure people had tremendously emotional responses to me. I guess to me it was just kind of like that's not the same thing. <laughs> and I don't know. Like the whole movie's about like moving on. And and then to be like, oh, he had a secret kid that never met his secret aunt. I, it's just the whole thing's just strange to me. And like he only like met his grandma like once. I I just like I I don't feel good about it. Um, it actually made me feel kind of worse <laughs> about the whole situation <laughs> uh, it, it worked like emotionally for me you know just like, yeah yeah but i mean it not does on, like a meta on the meta level no i don't really like that doesn't bother or concern me that much mm-hmm. uh, but like yeah, I don't, just on the I level of do... like t'challa being his you know in movie <laughs> the character living on through uh, a son right and having that legacy still through his son i thought that was kind of sweet and okay. like a sweet like a gift to Shuri uh, in that moment. Yeah, that, I get it on that it level for me. Yeah, I get it on that level because it's like she she has family again. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, which yeah. I guess is it nice just emotionally surprise. that like worked for me. The the cynical meta reading of it, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But uh, he was a cute kid too. He was kind of weird looking. Yes, got the big kid old was dimples cute. and strange eyes. <laughs> he was very cute. Wow, um, Zach complimenting a child actor. He loved to see it. <laughs> no, yeah. I said he was very. I mean, strange compliment, looking, complimenting by saying he's. Kind of weird looking. Weird looking. <laughs> Straight. Yeah. No, he, which is the, a... the first shot where she turned and looked at him. He looked really weird, and then when he like came and sat down, I was like, "Oh, you're not that weird looking." That was just a weird shot of you. Whatever, uh, whatever filter <laughs> they put on only Lupita Nyong'o in this movie, 
and no one else to make her literally glow every time she was on screen. That's I just her that. skin. I know. It was like she has the every the, time she shows up, it's remarkable. just the most vibrant, <laughs> like shining, glowing individual. It was. I know stunning. it's insane. Um, I was yeah. Every time I was like, is that is that real? Is that a real person? Uh, okay. Oh my god, I'm looking up Lupita Nyong'o right now. I, I'm always I always forget. She's I'm in always the looking Star up Wars. Lupita Nyong'o. He starts. Well, to say. that's true too. Wow. <laughs> Uh, I always forget she's in the new Star Wars trilogy. Do you know this? All oh, right, she's yeah, yeah. Mes- you know that weird Mes- little puppet. <laughs> I can't like. <laughs> yep, that's crazy. What a bonkers selection of roles. What a bonkers. She's uh, fine in it, yeah. but not like a particularly good voice actor. Get but, paid, like, Lupita. Get paid. I guess what a strange casting <laughs> for that little weird little like gremlin. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, she's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, that's, she... that's my takeaway. Yeah. Okay. Any other big thoughts or questions? Oh, or... big thoughts? No. Little thoughts. No. One hundred. One hundred little thoughts. Charlotte, you have any big thoughts? Um. Nope. Just uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke should be the the biggest movie stars in the world. But outside of that, I'm I'm good. <laughs> Winston Duke is so charismatic. Like just he's every he's scene. great in this. Like we, we we see very little of him, especially compared to the first movie. But like he's he's so fun and like you I like watched. that he has. That rule of mental yeah. for 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 Shui here. Mm-hmm. You haven't watched mm-hmm. Us yet, have you, Dave? I will never watch Us because it, I read my <laughs> wife. So we watched Get Out. I mean, and we were gonna watch Nope, but we read the synopsis of Us, and way too many kids involved, and way too spooky sounding. <laughs> us, us is much spookier than. Get I Out. mean, just yes. watch the I don't know 15 first minutes of Us, where it's just him being a the the fun dad. And like his, but it's Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke. Uh, oh, right beginning. okay. Yeah, first yeah, 15 yeah. minutes. Uh, I'll do that, and then I'll listen to the to the rap song. Yeah, watch until the night falls. <laughs> then, uh, then it's it's yeah. over for you, I think. Yeah, yeah no, I'm definitely watching that with the lights on. Opening to sure. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, okay. All right. So that's one yeah. movie wreck. Uh, watch us for the first 15 minutes. Any other movie wrecks based <laughs> on this? Ooh. Um, let's see. What else have I been watching? I saw a Decision to Leave. It's pretty good. Ooh, I saw Tar. With Kate Blanchett, easy, easy, my movie of the year so far. Go see movie Tar. Of the year. That movie's incredible. Mm-hmm. Movies. Okay. Uh, okay. We got yeah. a strong wreck for movies. I'm just mad uh, over here that we're not getting uh, Glass Onion uh, Nice Out 2 before before December because uh, it's not in theaters. And I here. am going to spoil it for you, Charlotte. Ooh. Yeah. That's a, I'm going to just send a... you a message, a, a DM one day, and just say, it was. Uh, End Daniel of the Craig. podcast behavior right here. End of the podcast <laughs> behavior. Trying to turn Daniel to Craig sever. did the murder. He was the onion all along. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so I, how how high are we ranking this? How high are we putting this up there? Again, I, I already kind of said mine. On what do you, you think? 11, 11. It's number 11. You put it on number 11, and you're only mm-hmm. ranking the MCU stuff. Okay. that's I mean, that's yeah. pretty good. I think, right? Uh, yeah, Charlotte, no, it's very what, good. what do you yeah, think? It's, it's I mean, for me, it's, the... it's definitely yeah. top tier. Like, it's in the same range as, like, the first Black Panther, Infinity War, and I don't know what else. Wowza. What else? Like, yeah, it's really, it's A tier for me, by I mean, far. How do, we, like, how do we feel? I mean, that's awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it that much. How, how do we feel about kind of, so I guess this is probably technically the end of phase four, I think, which... Uh, the phases are increasingly kind of annoying to me. Like, why do we all buy into this marketing? The only gimmick? one that ever. Has I mean, it didn't make sense great. from Phase Two when Ant Man was the last movie in Phase Two, right? <laughs> right, it exactly. Never made sense. But like this whole fa- this whole era, right, is all. If you summarize it, and it's hard, it's a hard one to summarize, right? And I think it feels the most disconnected of the last three phases. For for I think that's pretty roundly, you know, kind of the experience for folks. Um, it's about 
reactions to grief post-Endgame, you know, and kind of all this loss that happened after Thanos and the snap and all that. And then it's all about sort of repopulating the universe with new characters and legacy yeah. titles. Yeah, it's just an explosion of the new, like, let's, you know, let's stop yeah. writing. Which is, which mean, is kind of the hardest thing to do, I think, actually. Yeah. Uh, it just historically, like, you think about the legacy characters that have had a hard time becoming a big deal versus the ones that really work, you know? Because you think about the comic book runs where legacy stuff really works. Um, it's, like, tried and true, been around for a long time. Wally West is Flash, Dick Grayson is Batman, the Ed Brubaker pulling it off with, you know, Bucky, obviously, is Cap. Stuff like that, where it's like kind of these, like the fact that that works winds up feeling, I think, more surprising. But, you know, in the case of Wally West and, and Dick Grayson on the DC side, it's like those characters have been around forever. You know, like they, they have their own legacies and now they're inheriting a legacy title. And that's why those comic runs, I think, have a, they have a leg up. Um, it's a hard thing to do in movies. Obviously, no real movie franchise has, has really ever had to grapple with this in the same way. I'm, again, I think this, this phase leaves you wanting in terms of the, overall kangness of it all in terms of the overall hey where are we going where are the avengers like what's the center mm -hmm. of all i think the sure. center is unclear uh yeah the, the yeah, for sure. purpose is clear but i think the center is unclear and i that needs to get rectified in the next phase for folks to have something to sink their teeth into and grab onto what about you think yeah, I mean, I agree. It's it's more scattered as a result of uh, introducing all those new characters, and, like the the legacy of uh, what came before. But yeah, I don't know. It's I I felt that uh, need for a central focus kind of less. I think. Yeah. Outside of same. just the question of it's weird that the Avengers aren't around because it feels like they're not around because they don't have a movie. Uh, but it doesn't feel like there's an actual in-universe reason for there to not be Avengers. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it was an interesting phase. I it's interesting. I, like I think my favorites of the phase aren't like the consensus. Like I really love Love and Thunder, and everyone seems to hate it. Loki is by far my favorite Disney Plus show, which I guess is more yeah. More Loki's common. pretty beloved. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I really disliked Ms. Marvel. I I, I kind of disliked uh, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's it was a weird phase, but it's uh, it's an interesting base it's uneven. Uh, for for what I mean, comes next. Yeah, hearing you describe it, you know, it's it's very uneven. I think a lot of folks are going to have different favorites. Um, there's a lot to choose from because you get the Disney but it's Plus also like, explosion. In terms of size, it's like the size of all the previous phases together, like right. with the number of TV shows and movies. Like it's it's hard to compare because it's just a, a whole yeah. new different beast. Yeah. The the thing that I like really like about this phase that. I feel like really got kicked into gear here is the very natural way the MCU is like a really big universe that can kind of bleed into each other, right? So like yeah, that in the Spider-Man movie, it's just also a Doctor Strange movie, right? Like I yeah. really like that aspect of it. And Yeah, it feels like an actual superhero universe and not just a universe in which there are like six heroes. Right, exactly. And like they're they they're less concerned about you going to see Doctor Strange, and then they're just being like, yeah, and then, you know, we'll have Charles Xavier and Reed Richards show up, right? And, like, and that'll be it. It'll just be a little wink and a cameo, and then they'll get slaughtered. <laughs> and then, like, but we don't have to worry about audiences being like, who are those? Like, you have to tell me who these men, why is he stretchy, right? Like, they don't, they feel like they don't have to <laughs> Why won't he say anything? Anymore. Speak, Blackagar, speak. Um, right, exactly, right? I you do think have... it's, 
like it, bolts. It's a, it's a criticism and it is also a, a criticism right now because sure, it's yeah. it's feeling more and more like Marvel Comics, and I think a lot of times you see folks react to that who are not because like because like here's the thing comics like are not as popular as movies you know it turns out and the folks who love them love that stuff the folks who don't actually want their movies to be tighter and don't want them to have well the sort of chaotic continuity interconnectedness critics of, do of and, and I, i'm i'm sympathetic to the critics who are like why do i have to keep watching these like i don't care about all this continuity stuff so like i i get it and i understand it on that level for sure but at the same time, like, clearly audiences are still very much responding to this, right? Like, these movies are still doing very well. Well, I'm here to tell you, content. I'm here to tell you, Zach, I think it's the end. I think it's the end of the MCU. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Well, you know, with the, oh, can I tell you, I saw an IMDb review, which I never go on. I, I don't, I have no idea why I was on there. But anyway, <laughs> okay. I, saw a rev- yeah. I, I saw a review, uh, a user review that started out, saying you know like welcome to another installment of the mcu and uh-huh, then uh-huh. The, which is so embarrassing and then the last thing was like something like uh marvel decides yet again to take away the boys toys something <laughs> something along those lines but then gave it a five out of ten which i think is a very generous score for <laughs> that like being that upset about it uh-huh. um yeah i just i think it's funny to be like the yeah, boys it's okay. need their toy i would say the most <laughs> the most masculine thing you can say is stop taking away my boy's toys. <laughs> <I would say>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing says yep. I'm a big man quite like that. <laughs> yeah, um, but... yeah, no, I mean that that crowd is is an embarrassment. Oh, I'm yeah, and they're, I'm they're to be made fun of. I it. do think you know the it, we don't need to go into it hook line and sinker, but I do think the problem you often have with what feels like a sudden push into you know you went from basically a completely male roster to now one that is actually diversified and it's and like just simultaneously into it because i get frightened easily <laughs> right like it's it all yeah exactly <laughs> like it's so sudden um but then you do also have a genuine inconsistency in quality and those two things happening simultaneously are like not related but they get, they get conflated as cause and effect you know by I don't by know. crowds who want them to be related it's, it, it's just the shows really to me the movies are about as good as they've always been. You know, that's a good point. With the exception of Love and Thunder, which obviously folks went real high and folks went incredibly low on. If you go, you well, no, no, I don't think so because Eternals was the biggest, the biggest critical bomb of the entire yeah. MCU. Black Widow wasn't as hot Pe- as I think they wanted like to be. Black the timing Widow. on Black that was super weird. No, I mean, nah, Black, you know. Black Widow did. I think fine, the consensus on Black Widow is lower than yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Um, so but then again, yeah, like. I do think, uh, yeah. you, but then you do have to count. You have to count TV. I mean, the t- the TV stuff is that's a, that's a part of the ride now, and it's incredibly inconsistent. Um, if they were, if it was just movies, and, and we also, took away, it's the, also always there. Like that's yeah. the thing. It's it's exhausting more than anything else. Yeah, like, it's, exactly. It's always there. I think that's why that's where a lot of the phase four dissatisfaction comes from. Yeah, is actually the fact that we're overexposed now, um, and it's overpresent. I mean, I do genuinely believe yeah, that. No, I think they were better off with, with just the movies. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, anyway, I, I'm not, I think it's going to get better. I think is the thing. Like, I, I do think this is all kind of a setup phase. I think hopefully like, like the Ant-Man movie promises to be like a big center of the story kind of thing. You know what I mean? So like everything's riding on Ant-Man 3. Ooh, Ant-Man and Wasp. I was about to say. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't avoid, I, I've been on just a blackout for MCU trailers. I didn't see the Love and Thunder You've got one. it. You do need to, we'd say this every few episodes, but like the drinking is, is getting 
out of hand. <laughs> I, I, like your your as blackouts. As soon as I see, if I accidentally watch an MCU trailer, I just start uh, taking shots, at, shot after shot after shot, so I'll black it out. Yeah. The the trailer <laughs> rabbit hole you go down while you're taking your shots. Oh boy. Oh, it's it's nasty. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the uh, showing Jonathan Majors in that trailer uh, with the blue hell yeah face of Kang. I was like, hell yes, yeah. thank you. I'm even if he doesn't keep it. For the whole movie, I'm just glad that they <laughs> they're gonna put that in the design. At least I'm incredibly time. excited about Jonathan as King. Yeah, really a really yeah. good get. Uh, also, saw the Creed three trailer right before the Ant Man trailer, and I was like, it is the year of Jonathan Majors. Yeah, that man, he is huge yeah. in that trailer. Did yeah. you see that one? Ooh, yeah. One that's, that's a, a one punch man right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's exactly correct. Okay, uh, if we're done with this, are we done with Black Panther? Yeah, I, I got I a couple. So. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Got a couple little pieces of uh, business. I just want to mention a few reviews we've had lately that are really nice. Uh, Podbookman twenty eight, Azalinsky twenty two, Kyle Erastus, uh, all left us very nice. Uh, no Sam one twenty two, uh, all left us all very nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. So thank you very much. Um, Chris Grosso sent us a really nice email. He's been reading along. I think he's in the late eighties when he sent this. But that was back in August, so he's probably closer <laughs> to getting caught up. But just want to do a shout-out from the future. So when, Chris, you get caught up, we were here waiting for you all along. Thanks, Chris. And uh, and I want to point out Extra Issues, the sideshow that Charlotte and I are doing right now. It's um, a real sideshow. Like, it is It is just, like, an absolute... Like, you're, you get the your hair all frizzy. We get the freaks. We get up. the acrobats. We get the, <laughs> uh, the, the popcorn. What else is in the sideshow? <laughs> freaks, acrobats, and popcorn. <laughs> Welcome to the sideshow. Here's your popcorn. Elephants. Here's your freaks. Here's your acrobats. The, the, the Come on down. The everything. Um, we're doing Extra Issues is our, our new side podcast that you get six months early access to. Backing us on Patreon at the $5 level. Um, it will be out in public sometime in early 2023, six months after the first episode came out. We're going to pick a theme, and then we're doing a handful of comics from that same theme. Our first theme is Superhero Subversions. So we already covered Watchmen. And then we did Planetary by Warren Ellis and John Cassidy. We're going to be doing Peter Cannon Thunderbolt for next month. I think that episode will be out December 1st um, on the Patreon. So uh, I just I want to encourage people to come check this out and listen along. It's not like My Marvelous Year where you have to read every single thing. Each episode is kind of its own standalone thing, so you can pick and choose. But it's been great so far. I've been really proud of the first two episodes we did. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really happy with how they went. And it's it's a really exciting project. Um I'm, I'm really enjoying dipping. I, I was going to say moving out of superhero comics, but we're not. Um, but <laughs> well, they're so uh, subversive. It's practical. Yeah. Like oh, not boy. These, and then, now this is this first theme. You know, it's a super cool idea and a super cool project. And people should check it out. Um, this first theme is superhero subversions. I have been promised that the next one is going to be superhero perversions, where you just cover mm-hmm. porn comics. Is that right? Do I have that correct? I thought about doing porn comics because there's a big, there's a, there's a weirdly <laughs> we know. big world we of know. this stuff. <laughs> well, no, I, I was actually thinking of pitching to Charlotte, like, you know, doing a, I don't know what it would be considered, but like the Vampirella, Red Sonja. Um, That's not porn comics. I know, but it's like soft what do you call it? exploitation. No, I see, I see what you mean, but yeah. like it's. Yeah. The, what, what's the um the one that we read the witch is it witchblade it's not witchblade no um, well witchblade probably fits but um oh uh oh, tarot witch of the black Haunted vagina yes. yeah yep. yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. okay that, that yeah. kind of comic thing i guess that one is really like softcore whereas red sonya and vampirella is that one's clo- that one's closer to straight up softcore yeah 
Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. yeah so we, we, I mean, we're going to get out I of- love a good soft core. <laughs> Can I just put that on record? <laughs> the you know, softer really... the core, the better. <laughs> it's, it's just that I'm not ready for hardcore yet. And this is, it's really, it's easing me in <laughs> to uh, the world of cores. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Not a, everyone right. takes a uh, core anyway, we... at their own pace. X-ray shoes. It's been really fun, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do super the superhero subversion thing for the next three months. We're covering Garth Ennis's The Boys, um, Alan Moore's Miracle Man, and then the last one we haven't decided yet. It's a listener choice. Hey, you gotta let me know. Soon. You gotta let me know when that Miracle Man is happening because I've got an omnibus sitting here. Just yeah, just no, we're gonna to get cracked. We'll, we'll be recording that in January, Dave. I've got I've got an omnibus sitting here with no credits to Alan Moore, just ready to be cracked <laughs> open. Oh God, that's such a great detail. He's it's so, so cool. He's so cool that he yeah. was just like, you take my name out of the book. I don't even want my name in there. Yeah. I hate you so much. <laughs> what if we, like... He's so cool. Zach, how long would it take you if when we record that episode, you go back and you erase every time we say the words Alan Moore and you just replace it by a robotic voice saying the original writer? Oh, that's good. <laughs> Tedious, yeah. but good. Yep. <laughs> Tedious, but good. That's me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that, that's all I have for uh, for business. Well, all right, let's let's wrap it then with a little mm -hmm. EarthX bonus. We should oh, do yeah, a little EarthX yeah. bonus. Yeah. I, I so, didn't bring it up because I thought you <laughs> you wouldn't want to at this point. But well, uh, I think I, I think it'll be you know relatively quick. So you, you okay. both, when you did the EarthX episode, which is very good, folks should check out as part of our year two thousand readings. Uh, both said you know you wanted to ask me what my thoughts were, and you mentioned it before we started here, and. Uh, there's a reason I included all of EarthX, and that is because I, I likewise agree that it is a fascinating maxi series by Jim Kruger and Alex Ross. Um, you know, some paintings, right, on the covers and stuff. I, the thing that made me most, as a story, it's like really interesting, and there's some cool ideas and stuff. It's not like my favorite thing ever, but I'm invested. What I found especially cool about EarthX, though, is when I read it, which was, you know, within the last five, six years, um, Eh, maybe a little longer ago, but besides the point, it is so influential and or predictive of oh, like yeah. stuff that yeah. happens in the Marvel universe. That blew my mind. Like I was I was seriously considering doing like one of those giant listicles where it's like everything that Earth X called, you know, that the Marvel Universe or the MCU then went on to do. It's a long list. And there's not really anything else, I don't think, in Marvel Comics that comes that close on a the the scope of it right because it is the whole marvel universe nothing else predicts as much as this book you know like you get little things here and there certainly and and influences yeah, are obviously like, vast what if throws enough dots that it's uh, hits the, the mark yeah, sometimes yeah like uh, every but... and that's the joke about what if is like over the course of five or six decades every one of those things has happened you know um but, well, and even that is, like, not totally true, right? Like, what if... I still haven't seen what if Professor X had become the juggernaut. <laughs> that still needs to happen. Um, but, yeah, no, like, Earth-X is just, like, ridiculously ahead of the game. And, and it's a really flippin' cool read as well. And it, it is also... It feels like Marvel Knights where it is, it is writing up. It is not holding your hand... It is not trying to come down to some assumed audience intelligence level. Totally. It is telling challenging story and telling you to come along. And yeah. uh, and yeah. I appreciate that. 
in Marvel Comics because even which if is I'm some lost, of the Marvel Comics I like the most, like that Electra yeah. Assassin, right? Or like yeah. this will reward your like considered. <laughs> you have to sit down. You have to you know pay attention. You can't like breeze through it, but uh-huh. it really rewards that, right? Like, um, yeah, like you you mentioning stuff that uh, comes up later. Betsy Ross is like this feral harpy in the um mm-hmm. in the comic. I don't know. Is that something that we've seen before? Is that oh like, yeah, that's you know, a sixties thing. Is that okay? I hadn't seen that before, so it's yeah, a yeah that's that's I wasn't in the sixties. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, Storm yeah, and T'Challa are are a couple in here, which I don't know if we've seen that. That's another that's thing that's teased that in Marvel Team Up number one hundred, which came out in the whoa, 80s. what a nerd. That's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> couldn't have pulled that. Out. That was immediate. <laughs> Um, okay, the, the, I have a little list of things I wanted to mention. There's so many things to mention in this, and I have a little list. Uh, Scott Lang and his daughter, there's just an aside saying that they are stuck in tiny form in Tony Stark's hermetically sealed universe, right? Because he's, like, sealed in kind of like Howard Hughes is <laughs> this yeah. Uh, yeah. this hermit. Uh, and they are stuck in tiny form in there with him uh, forever, just trapped, and he can't see them, and they can't talk to him and <laughs> it's such it's a wild like, detail <laughs> yeah it's so crazy um loki i'm sorry you didn't bring this up <laughs> charlotte because there's the female thor in this um yeah but loki tells her uh that <laughs> butch is out <laughs> which i think was <laughs> really funny and catty <laughs> um the new red skull that like crappy little teenager is sitting in the uh modok's armor like is his throne which is a very fun detail teenage red skull yeah. I just want to say is incredibly effective. Oh, like there's so a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of versions of like, oh, we got to make our our hero young to connect with the kids. Obviously, teenage Tony Stark is pretty famous for this. Um, but like you know, it even happens with Spider Man, right? Just constant kind of feeling of de aging. Teenage Red Skull works so well. <laughs> like yeah. I'm fully on board with that concept. And it's which... kind of a grumpy old man being like, oh, God, teenagers suck. They're just so nihilistic these days. But it uh-huh. sells it. <laughs> It sells it really well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's it's great. And then issue number nine has one of the best covers I've ever seen, which is the most like galaxy brained. It's got Black Bolt with his huge wings spread out across the cover, but then his wings behind him are the cleavage of Medusa, like <laughs> coming together <laughs> in, uh, in uh, using his wings as like as the dress. Uh it's really, really good. That anyway, is those creative are just cleavage. That- and you we know what the other and... the other thing though with Medusa is her hair is coming out of her eyes and her cheeks, like mm-hmm. like if you yeah. want to get inventive with oh this la- you think this lady had a lot of hair, how about it coming out of her face it, it, to a degree that you know she looks like a like a wolfbane. That's yeah, very. very uh, oh, I was gonna say that's very uh, Excalibur Alan. Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Alan yeah, Davis. Alan Davis drawing Megan in Excalibur has a very oh, similar design. Oh yeah, yeah, similar yeah. cleavage actually as well. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> anyway, it's it's great. I'm glad I'm glad you like it a lot, Dave. Uh, that's good to hear. I think it's super it's... underrated. I mean, I think it's incredibly underrated. Yeah. Um, and I'm I glad too. I was I was surprised that you had as in, uh, positive and and you know kind of emphatic reaction as you did, but only because I think it's been a while since I've read it and I just don't remember. Yeah. But I, I just remember the impact being like, oh wow, what? Why why isn't this like? You know, like it's weird to me that this isn't talked about like like Marvels almost or something. Like it's way more challenging, I guess. It's it's, it's really challenging. Room. I think I mean not challenging. It's just like 
it's really dense. It's more full it's... of stuff. Like, well, when I say challenging, a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not like uh, it's you know, oh, it's so intelligent. You have to, you know, kind of like like you have to be so smart to listen to our show, right? Like to even follow yeah, along. Right, yeah. You know, kind of like that. Like it's not that so much as yeah. There's a ton of stuff. There's a ton of continuity. There's a ton of rewards for people who are obsessed with this universe. Um, but then it's also just like. You know, a story that has a big machine man, machine man, and celestial focus is just inherently a tougher sell. <laughs> like, I mean, Earth X is... you can pick up as a complete outsider to the Marvel universe. You can pick up, or, or yeah, Marvels rather. You can read Marvels yes. as a total outsider, and you're like, oh, this like this feels like inviting. It's inviting me into the Marvel universe. Earth X, you have to have that background, <laughs> or it you is will not be inviting. Lost. Yes. It is. Yeah. I it mean, is. I it is. You know what? Gatekeepy. I to me, it was like one of the biggest <laughs> rewards like, for having listen, done you have to year. Be I mean, to play. it's gatekeepy, yeah. but then like every issue starts with four pages of explaining the entire backstory of the part of the world. That I mean, you can get it time, right. Like, it's, which it's not like you won't know what's going on, but it won't be. You won't. Yeah, yeah. Get the enjoyment from it. Yeah. There's there's yeah, a difference between understanding and just enjoying. Yeah, um, sure. And I think you know what? as obscure level. as like the Watcher and Machine Man being the the narrators of the of Earth X is, Universe X has uh, Gargoyle and Kyle Richmond as. Uh, <laughs> as it is. Important. You know who these guys are? Because <laughs> yeah, it is important to note it only gets weirder, right? Yeah. Like if if I'm describing this as challenging, this is actually the easier of the three, <laughs> I think by far. Yep. It keeps getting weirder. Well, yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. I'm glad you chimed in. Anytime. Anytime. Anytime uh, I want you to talk about comics on a podcast during the, uh, you know, I'm pretty reluctant. We have allotted on Sunday mornings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, usually I, I tend to prefer to talk about other things, <laughs> but uh, but comics I will make an exception for occasionally. Uh, okay, so, so next I think week, that's going to do it. Next week's going to be um, some Spider-Man comics. We read Revenge of the Green Goblin and. Uh, Something that you described, Dave, as heavily inspired by Batman the Killing Joke, which I argue with you <laughs> on that on the episode. Oh, okay. Not in I, wasn't, person. I was not there. To, you weren't there to, there to defend back. yourself, so uh, I do roast you. Did you not see it, or did you not? I saw it literally it. in the last like four pages of the the five issue run. I was like, oh, this is what he means. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but by yeah, heavily I inspired, I think I meant. It ends the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it also bit. was way more Craven's last hunt than. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So Charlotte, sure. Charlotte joined in on the uh, the roasting as well. So listen, oh, no. listen to that uh, episode next week, Dave. <laughs> this is why you have to show up for every episode of your podcast because otherwise you get roasted if you don't show. We're also doing tough. some Daredevil, introducing Echo, uh, who was just Echo. showed up in the new Hawkeye show. Echo, uh, that was Echo. very cool, and then. Peter David's Captain Marvel with Janice Vell. Uh, Dave, how do you say that? Because we had a hard time figuring out. Is it Janice Vell? Is that really Janice Vell? So That's awkward. how I would say it. Yeah, what it's are, what else are you going? Guinness? Are you going to hard G? I would go. I would go soft. It's incredibly awkward. Um, I'll say, skip it. <laughs> yep. Unless, unless somebody, <laughs> agreed, uh, Dave. Unless you're like, no, this re- you gotta know who this schmuck is later. I I see no reason to read. The Peter David Janice Vale. And I, I've been Listen. the Peter David Defender throughout the 90s. Yeah, you uh, are. The Incredible Hulk. I've liked his stuff. And this is... Oof. Here's uh, here's what I'll say. Everything on the My Marvelous Year list is there for is a reason. <laughs> and you'll be <laughs> better off true. if you read everything on there. In this case, this is the not good Captain Marvel by Peter David. 
There's a okay. good one. It goes quick. So like, <laughs> I refuse to believe that. Okay. I think there's some. Rick- having read this, I refuse to believe there's a good. It's not terrible. Like, now hang on, hang on. Fifteen minutes. How much of this opinion is colored by the the impact of Rick Jones? I mean, not that much, honestly. I, I like yeah, the like comics. it's the whole comic. Like <laughs> the it's comic's just a kind of everything. <laughs> I mean, it's Rick Jones baggage. is particularly bad in this, but uh, it's it's not. That's not my reason. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he's also the main character. Like that's that's asking me how much of this is the main character. Well, a lot of it. Yeah, Drax the Destroyer does uh, buy some. Um, Girl Scout cookies for his daughter yeah. in this. That's kind of a fun moment, sure. at least. But you can't <laughs> miss with uh, with Drax and, and Moon Dragon. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, come join us next week. It was a fun episode. Absolutely. All right. So, you can find all the comics that are coming up in the show notes. Music for the show is by Disaster Peace. You can find uh, us on social, although probably less and less on Twitter. <laughs> Seems to be the trend of things. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> at Comic Book Herald and at My Marvelous Year. Um, and yeah, you know, like, subscribe review i guess you can't like our podcast i guess i mean you can yeah, like sub- it but you can't like our perform podcast. that like uh, yeah like and review you're listening to right now are the things that help us a lot um or you know check out the patreon patreon.com slash marmorless year support the show get some cool benefits or you know come hop in the slack the coolest community of comics folks and we will not make you pay to play um and get like you know blue check marks or accolades you can just come and talk baby and have a good i'm gonna get a blue check check mark as dave busing and then ruin your reputation <laughs> it's actually a joke i considered doing and then i was like no i'd still have to give eight dollars <laughs> don't do yeah no don't give eight i was gonna say i would be so weirded out to hop in the slack and see like 10 people calling themselves dave busing <laughs> just like, <laughs> like just like so horrified and it, probably the whole podcast will get shut down it's true okay yep. so we're shutting it down thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you next year uh, we won't see, see you next, next year, year.